Hello and welcome to this edition of Wineskins. I'm your host, Father Jim Corbett. Wineskins features reflections on the lives of the saints and the sacred scriptures, along with thoughts on a variety of topics and issues from a Catholic perspective. It is brought to you by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of St. Paul. On our show today, we will enjoy an interview that I had with Taylor Tripodi from the First Friday Club. We will also look at the life and times of St. Jude in our Saints for Healing segment, and we will hear a reflection on the readings for this 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time. That and more coming up on Wineskins. In our current issue today, we will hear from Latasha Johnson on aging. With me again is Latasha Johnson, who is a Regional Workforce Director for the Senior Community Service Employment Program, and you serve Trumbull, Ashtabula, and also Mahoning Counties. Correct, yes. It's wonderful to have you back on Wineskins again, and I think one of the things, Latasha, I'd like us to talk about is that, you know, oftentimes when someone gets to a certain age in their life, they retire, but some people still like to do things and to work. What is so important about keeping busy for someone who is beyond the retirement age but still wants to be active? Just holistically all around, mm-hmm. you know, health-wise and things like that, to stay active, to stay busy, to keep your mind going, and also just to show that you still have something to offer still have something to offer to the community. Your skills, your experience are valued and needed in the workforce. When I think of people in the workforce, oftentimes you think of young people, people just out of college or out of high school, but there's a lot of older people who really are working nowadays for whatever reason. What are some of the reasons that older people want to work or need to work? There are various circumstances and situations why people come to us to want to get back into the workforce. For example, it could be a homemaker who never had to work or never saw the need to work and unfortunately a spouse may pass away and they may need to get back into the workforce because they're missing that income. Mm -hmm. It could just be they just need something extra to do and they want to do that and they want to keep going they want to stay active so whatever the circumstance or situation we welcome that do you find a lot of older older people really still working today absolutely we have someone in our program right now who is well into their 80s and they are still going Wonderful. it's just a pleasure to have them Mm -hmm. tell us about some of the people that you work with some of the other staff people in your program what are some of the things that they do to assist you as the regional workforce director they assist in various areas so such as training anything Mm. to eliminate barriers to the workforce so it could be updated computer skills Mm -hmm. we have training navigators that assist us with that we have supportive service navigators who assist us with it could be various other barriers to employment it could be transportation Mm -hmm. it could be you know things like that so we try to do like a wraparound service for the clients that we serve. Now, is the program government funded or is that locally funded? How does that work to assist you in the program? It is. We are funded through the Ohio Department of Aging as well as 
Department of Labor. And I would imagine that that is a blessing because there are people that can use those kind of services and don't know really where to go for those. Is it unique in our area to have that or is that something that's nationwide? We are actually nationwide. And what a lot of people don't know is that we are in, in Ohio alone, we are in 38 counties and we've just acquired Indiana. Wonderful. Yeah. Good. Well, you know, it's interesting because when we think of older people working, sometimes there's the myth that, well, they really can't do the job or they shouldn't do the job or they're not capable of doing that. But obviously in your experience, that's not true, is it? That's right. We have people that could probably teach me a thing or two about <laughs> technology. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. What would be some of the other work that the people are looking for? I know you try to fit the person with the job. Any particular area that you find interesting that older people are getting more involved with? We actually just had someone leave our program for a job in IT, and a lot of people wouldn't think that mm -hmm. that would take place, that would happen. Mm -hmm. Various career pathways that they could be interested in, we support that and we guide that. We're very career pathway driven, so whatever it is that they would like to do, we support that. Now, the folks that are with us, if they want more information, we've got about a minute left, tell them how they can get in touch with you just a simple phone call to our local office. They can give me a call at 330-782-0978. And do you have a website? We do. It's vantageaging.org. Well, Latasha Johnson, thank you so much for your presence on our show today. We hopefully will have you back again where you can kind of give us an update and personalize some of the folks that are benefiting from this program. And we thank you for the wonderful and kind work that you do. And we thank your supporters as well. Thank you for having me. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. St. Jude is a patron of hopeless causes. To tell us more is Jim Kravanek. He is from St. Michael Church in Canfield. St. Jude, also known as Thaddeus, was one of the 12 apostles chosen by Jesus and was actually one of Jesus' relatives. Not much is known about the life of this saint, but his intercession for hopeless causes is very powerful. St. Jude is usually commemorated with St. Simon, who both share a feast day on October 28th. According to a 6th century bishop, these two were martyred in Persia. According to tradition, they preached in Egypt and eventually ended up in Persia. Jude is the author of a letter in which he warns the Christian converts against false teaching and immorality. He is popularly venerated as the patron of hopeless cases. The liturgical prayers for St. Jude rather general in tone, since we do not have much biographical details of this apostle. However, two themes do emerge, the missionary apostolate and the promise by Christ of the indwelling of the Trinity in the souls of the just. The relevance of the Feast of St. Jude for us hinges on him as patron of hopeless cases. The power of his intercession has been acknowledged by countless persons who are devoted to him. Moreover, the significance of this apostle can be gleaned from the first reading of the Saint's Mass. You are strangers and aliens no longer. No, you are fellow citizens of the saints and members of the household of God. This quote is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Let us pray, most holy apostle Saint Jude, faithful servant and friend of Jesus, the Church honors and invokes you universally as the patron of hope. Please intercede on our behalf. 
Come to our assistance in this great need that we may receive the help of heaven as we work with our many challenges, particularly those we have on this day. We praise God with you and all the saints forever. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For Wineskins, I'm Jim Krivenick. Joining me again is Taylor Tripodi, who is a singer, songwriter, and musician who was with our First Friday Club several months ago, and it's nice to have you back on Wineskins. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. You know, one of the things that I'd like us to talk about, Taylor, is this whole sense of hearing God's voice. You know, your presentation was about hope and how oftentimes in our world that sense of hopelessness does so many things to us, and one of the things it does is it keeps us from listening to God, listening to others, listening to the good news. What is God's voice basically telling us in this world today? That's a broad thing, but to narrow it down, I think truly like in order to be satisfied, to be fulfilled as a human being, like we were created for God, you know, St. Augustine tells us our hearts are restless until they rest in you, God. And so in order to truly live a happy and fulfilled life, we have to lean into Christ. We have to lean into his voice. And yeah, there's a lot of voices in our world that call for our attention. And it's just overwhelming sometimes to think of how many things we're just, we turn the corner and there's things that call for our attention, especially young people. I really believe that. Like so many young people through social media, the vast majority of things that are on our phones, constantly ringing, constantly calling for our attention. And there's more distractions than ever from God's voice. And yet that is our lifeline. That is the air that we breathe. That is the thing that we need the most in order to live a fulfilled and happy life. Yeah, it's absolutely necessary for us to turn to him to put those distractions aside in order to be hopeful people. Because I think, again, like when we turn on the news, when we hear all of the things that are happening, all of the darkness that's in our world, a lot of times we get caught into a bubble of just like, oh my gosh, there's no hope. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? We need to have ourselves rooted in the voice of Christ. And when we have ourselves rooted in his voice, we know who we are. And then in turn, we can remind other people who they are. As a songwriter and a musician and a singer, you really praise God with your voice and with your gift. And I love that phrase and that cliche, to sing is to pray twice. Yeah. And I just love that. What about us people who don't know how to sing? What do we do? I just, it's so funny that you say that because every time when I'm inviting people into worship, I'm like, I don't care if you have a horrible voice. <laughs> Even at mass, right? People are exactly. like hesitant to mm-hmm. sing. But I think there's something so freeing about the voice. I think music is such a tradition of the church that mm-hmm. even through the centuries, obviously, you know, we've had different types of music that have come out of our church and out of our liturgies, but music has always had a place in the liturgy. It's always had a place in the church and in the tradition. And so I really believe that when people, even if they don't have a great voice, if they choose to sing and to worship God in that way, it has a way of freeing us up to become more childlike in that way. Even if we think, oh my gosh, I don't want to sing. I have a horrible voice. When we choose to do it anyways, I think God blesses that and he sees our attempt to just to love him in that way. And I think that that really does go a long way for each and every person that chooses to enter into worship. And of course, worship isn't just, you know, music. It's a posture of reverence. And I I love that definition of worship, that it's not just 
praise and worship as people think nowadays it's like just praise and worship but worship is also just a posture of the heart and so when we bend low even when we're listening to music we don't necessarily have to sing but when we're listening and we kind of take a posture of reverence to the lord that's another form of worship so you know you're from cleveland yeah but you reside now in nashville Mm -hmm. which many would say is the music capital of the world yeah what does it do for you to be around other musicians and other songwriters and and singers? What does it do for your spirit and for your heart and also for your vocation? Well, I tell you, it's definitely hard sometimes. And I feel like in Nashville, it's this constant like comparing to each other. And yet it's also a call to just continuously be better and continuously collaborate. And when you collaborate with other people, it gives you an opportunity to become even better than you were before. So it's kind of like this weird tension. But yet I feel like I've come to this place now and especially maybe even after like finding my vocation as a mother too and as a Mm -hmm. wife, it's really brought me back to like the purpose of music and the purpose of coming together with something greater than yourself, right? Right. Coming together with other people, joining forces and really making it an atmosphere of creativity, an atmosphere of learning. And especially when you enter like a a songwriting room, for example, Mm -hmm. with people that are writing a song about worshiping the Lord, there's something so beautiful. I feel like God just really blesses that and gives an abundance of grace and it becomes something even better than it could have been if you were just doing it by yourself. Yeah, that's definitely a beautiful part about living in Nashville for sure. You obviously always like to sing. Mm -hmm. And why is music so important, not only in the life of the church, but in our everyday life, the gift of song? It does something to the human spirit Mm -hmm. that maybe just speaking doesn't always do. Why is that? I wish I could I could answer why, but I think once again, like when we bow ourselves low and become reverent in that way God just truly blesses it so I think like just when we choose to enter into music it gives us an experience of freedom that a lot of other things don't do so I'm not sure if that answers the question and and I would like to suggest that that you're the why because God has blessed you with this gift and so your giving back to him Mm -hmm. is why you do it is kind of returning oh, that gift back to God and building up his kingdom and, and giving yeah. him honor and glory, which is basically the fundamental yeah. reason why we as Christians exist. Yeah, no, you're uh, totally right. That is like absolutely the foundation of yeah. that for sure. What would you like to leave just briefly with the folks that are with us about yeah. the gift of song and about your career as a musician? I would say in moments when you feel like you need some hope or when you need maybe even just an assistance in prayer, mm-hmm. Music is a beautiful channel, a beautiful way of kind of pulling us out of the distraction and outside of like the world that we're in and just all the things that are going on. And it has a way of focusing us on the presence of God, especially through praise and worship music or Christian music, I guess. And so, you know, if you're feeling like you're going through a dry spell in your prayer life right now, there's not a desire to pray maybe just allow yourself some time to listen to I love chant music Mm. I've been using the hallow app a lot it's one of my favorite ways of praying is just listening to the chant and it's just so simple and yet absolutely peaceful and that even comes from me and I'm not like a I don't chant very often but I love just it pulls me outside of my own head and out of my own thoughts and the things in the world 
gives me a chance to focus on creator, on God. And even if it's not chant music for you, if you can find some music that pulls you into the presence of God, I think music does that in a very particular way. Taylor Tripodi, it was a pleasure to have you again on Wineskins. We wish you well in your uh, career. You're a young, promising individual (laughs) who I know will continue to inspire us and inspire the world through gift of music and song and writing. And we thank you for taking this time with us and also for being here for the First Friday Club. Thank you so much, Father. Blessing to be here. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. For more information and to listen to Wineskins, please visit the website www.catholicecho.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I am Marinol. Je suis Marinol. I am Marinol. I believe that we are all connected to each other, and that it is the gift of compassion that unites us and makes us one. It doesn't matter what language, culture, or tradition we come from. We can share compassion wherever we are. Mary Knoll, an American Catholic organization of priests and brothers, has been reaching out to those in need for nearly 100 years in 26 countries throughout the world. Mary Knoll dedicates 86 cents of every dollar donated to their programs, and with your help, they can do more. Missionaries, workers, volunteers, supporters, we are all Mary Knoll. I am Mary Knoll. Yo soy Marino. I'm Father Mike. And I am Marino. 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 In a corner of rural New Mexico, children play in a daycare center. Not long ago, their days were very different. While parents worked in the fields, children stayed home alone or sat in a car in the heat of the day. Now they're learning, playing, safe and well-fed because five women dreamed of decent daycare and made it a reality. One in six American children lives in poverty, but we can help them live in hope. Find out how at PovertyUSA.org. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. Here's Monsignor Jim Lasanti. Hello, friends. Here's a thought just for today. Guy Kawasaki, an Apple Corporation executive, offers these suggestions for business and for life. First, ignore people's current status. Letting status determine how you treat people is narrow-minded. Plus, yesterday's subordinate may be tomorrow's peer. Second, help others. Don't do things for others to get something in return. Offer to help because it's the right thing to do. The help you give today can come back to you in unexpected ways. Third, focus on little things, thank you notes, baby gifts, simple acts of kindness. You will be repaid countless times. Fourth, there is enough good fortune to go around. Someone else's good luck doesn't take away from yours. Finally, give back, whether through your church or through charitable organizations, Share the blessings you've been given. Our music today is provided by Vince Ambrosetti. It is from his CD called, Come You Who Labor.
not be afraid. Do not be concerned. All you ask of me, I will provide in the darkest death nor life, the present nor the future, can separate us from the love of God that comes in Christ, Jesus the On the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we will hear more about the Sacred Scriptures by Father Tom Eisworth. He is Pastor Emeritus of Blessed Sacrament Church in Warren. In 1978, a fabulous art auction was held in London, England. It was claimed to be the sale of the century. Over 400 art collectors and dealers came from all over the world to bid on the fabulous treasures that the Jewish leather merchant Robert Van Hirsch spent decades collecting. It was an art auction like the world had never seen. Some small ornaments and medallions went for as high as $3 million. It would seem to me that there were no bargains at that auction. The buyers knew that those art objects were some of the best in the world, and they were willing to pay the price to get them. In today's gospel, 
Jesus tells us two simple stories. One about a man who found a buried treasure. Then because he wanted it, he sold all of his possessions and bought the field where the treasure was located. The other was about a man specializing in buying and selling pearls. One day he found one really valuable pearl, so he sold all of his possessions and bought it. This was how Jesus explained the kingdom of heaven, and there's no mistaking his meaning. He was reminding you and me that everything in life has a price tag. In a sense, you and I are like shoppers. We can choose what we want to buy and what we want to be and how we want to live. But the things that we choose have to be paid for. We can even have the very best. We can go first class and live like citizens of the heavenly kingdom, but it's going to cost us something. Life has its price tags. The kind of life that Jesus lived and to which he calls you and me does not come easy. It is like a buried treasure or a valuable pearl. If you want it, it's going to cost you something. The fact is that whatever we choose in this world, whether it be good or bad, must be paid for. Many of the things in this world can be bought on credit. Buy now, pay later. Everything in the kingdom of heaven is a cash deal. You have to pay for it before you get it. The two people in our gospel today came with cash in hand to buy the things that they wanted. A student, for example, who wants an easy life can have it today, and the bills won't come in for years. But the student who wants a good education and to graduate with honors must pay for it first with long hours of hard work and dedication. There aren't any shortcuts to good homes, happy, useful lives, and good character. It's strictly cash and carry. There are no credit cards in the kingdom of heaven. Who among us does not aspire to a life of integrity and usefulness? Those are our dreams. But have we checked the price tags? A life like that can cost something. It can't be had just for the wishing. So there's some practical wisdom to these two simple stories that Jesus told. He challenges us to the very best, a buried treasure, a valuable pearl, the kingdom of heaven. But then he reminds us of the price that each of us must pay. For Wineskins, I'm Father Thomas Eisworth. Who among us does not aspire to a life of integrity and usefulness? Those are our dreams. But have we checked the price tags? A life like that costs something. It can't be had just for the wishing. Wineskins is made possible through the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. Our program is produced by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. I'm Father Jim Corda, thanking you for being with us. Have a blessed week. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I thought I love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I bought her an orchid. What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email. I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? 
Make a change for the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. They say America is the land of opportunity, but for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to povertyusa.org today because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development.